But today my care of you compels me to speak of the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. I kind of saw this coming, but it became particularly compelling this week. Because there's a, a bit of a, a a bit of an oxymoron or a bit of a, a, a wrongheadedness in our gospel lesson and our Old Testament lesson and our petition. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh-oh. So which is which? <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread or, or not? Kind of saw that coming. But then again, it became particularly compelling this week because I was going to face you again one more time at about six, at about 10 after 11. And I'd have to come up with something that made sense. Well, it does make sense. Because what do we have? all the way through the scriptures, but the fact that God is the one who is in charge of our physical life as much as he is in charge of our spiritual life. He comes to Adam and Eve in the garden, actually he comes to Adam before Eve is, is, uh, is there, but he comes to Adam and he says, here are all the trees of the garden. Have fun. Eat your fill. The abundance that I am providing you, and make no mistake, it is me who is providing them to you. God, who gave you the garden, set you there and get, gave you that work to do, but it is the abundance that God provides that is supporting your life. You may enjoy all the apples and oranges, the bananas, the pomegranates, all the things that Come freely from the trees of, of the garden and, and also the tree of life. Eat freely from the tree of life. It is your sustenance, your strength that supports both your body and spirit. It's just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is the boundaries. Okay. The source of life, the source of the Bread of life is God himself from the very beginning. And even after the flood, Noah comes off of the boat and all the animals are there. And the Lord says, just as I gave you all the green things in the garden, so also now I give you all flesh to eat. Everything that makes up the sustenance of our spiritual life comes from the word of the Lord. Everything that comes to supporting our spiritual lives and our physical lives comes from the hand of the Lord. From the beginning, then, he called all humanity to recognize his role as creator being the giver and our role as creatures being receivers. And this is a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing that sets everything in its proper relationship. He gives, we receive. We celebrate the abundance and the provision that God provides. And the tables in the Garden of Eden are overflowing. And the provision that God made for his people was there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with their flocks and herds 
They lived their lives under God's care and blessing so that there was enough for all. When it came time for the people of Israel to go into the wilderness, was it Ra or Set or Horus who provided manna for them or even who provided the lamb of the Passover for them? No. It was the Lord God of heaven and earth, the one who had created all things and the God who is. I am who I am. That was the God who provided for them all that they needed to support body and life. The manna fell every day and twofold on Friday for the sake of the Sabbath. Because even in the provision of physical life, the Lord took care of their spiritual life so that they would not have to work on the Sabbath day. But that instead, they could share in the word of the Lord together. What has God done? Well, he has called our patriarchs and matriarchs to be his witnesses. He has cared for us even through slavery and death, and he is bringing us to this good and promised land. So that the life of the body and the life of the heart and mind and soul were provided by the hand of God. One of the great temptations, of course, that comes along the scene is to take the good gifts that come from our Lord and to assign to them a different source to give glory to another. To take from the hand of the Lord, to receive from God, and to relish all of his abundant gifts and then to give glory to something else. I suppose in the ancient times, it might have been tempting to assign the glory of these good and gracious gifts to another divine entity. Something that might go running around in Marvel comics these days. Thor, Zeus, or Odin, one of these manufactured figments of our imagination. These marvelous idol makers we have with minds and hearts. In ancient times, it might have been popular to assign it in Canaan to, to Baal and Asherah, to Baal and Asherah, that as they come together in wedded bliss, the rains come down and the fruits of the earth come forth. And the story gets told then at the feed and seed shop that in order to get the rains to come, you have to go to the temple and sleep with one of the prostitutes. That's how you get the rains to come in Canaan, unless you're an Israelite. Unless you are called by God to do things differently. What it would mean to do something different? Well, once the manna stopped falling, now it was God's word to trust. Trust me. Don't go down to the feed and seed shop and listen to the theology of the guys sitting around the cafe there. Regardless of what hat they're wearing and regardless of what brand they're shooting for, they don't have the word of truth for you because I have promised that I will take care of you. And you see, here is where 
the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, and the first commandment come together. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to worship? Whose promise is going to guide and keep you in what faith? And this becomes a head-on butting challenge for the people of Israel. And it is not Baal or Asherah who's really behind any of all that. Those are just names. Who is behind the spiritual confusion that wants people to stop worshiping the Lord God Almighty? It is our friend from the Garden of Eden himself, the serpent from of old, who will cast down any life so long as it keeps us from believing the truth. He doesn't care what you believe as long as you don't give honor and glory to Jesus. You can believe anything you want, and he'll go laughing his way to the bank, metaphorically. And so the people of Israel are called back from the brink of spiritual disaster over and over again for the sake of food having something on their table to put before their children. Are they going to trust Baal or are they going to trust Yahweh? Finally, Elijah has to come and set up two altars. Who are you going to worship? Is it going to be that guy or is it going to be the Lord? They set up the two altars. And the challenge is set before the two gods, one who exists and the one who is a figment of our imagination. Who will send fire to receive the sacrifice? The prophets of Baal come. For hours upon hours, they worship and proclaim and cut themselves and dance around. To no effect. Elijah comes to his altar, digs a trench, throw buckets and buckets of water over the whole thing. Make sure you fill it all the way up to the top with water. And simply says to the Lord, show them what you got. And the fire comes down. It takes the sacrifice. It takes the wood. It takes the stones. It takes the water all up. And he says, that's a God. That's a God you can trust. That's a real God. Not this craziness. Look to the one who actually has you in the palm of his hand for your salvation, for your rescue, for your comfort, and for the abundant gifts he's already sharing with you. Give him the glory. All for the sake of a loaf of bread. Who are we going to trust? Well, it's certainly one thing then to, to assign the glory of God to another deity, but that's not so much the fashion these days, is it? The fashion these days is to simply take credit for it myself, right? I worked hard for this. I worked hard. And the thing is, you know what? The little bit of the lie of that is, yes, you did. You probably did work plenty hard. But the gift comes from God. You probably did. You probably signed your life away. Whether to the... Lord, through the army or 
to the Lord through your employer, you probably felt like a slave most days. It's probably true. But every day of service is service to the Lord, is it not? And everything that is provided is a gift from his gracious hand. From the, from the roots on up, from the very structures of the soil. From the very air that you breathe. Here is a whole list of things of daily bread over which we have absolutely, when we are honest, absolutely no control. Devout husband, devout wife, devout children. How much control have you got over that? I'm on my knees to pray about all of these things, that I would be part of the devoutness of that gift, part of the devoutness of family, devout faithful rulers. How much control have you got over that? You can vote, and I hope we all do, of course. But then it's a matter of prayer. If there's going to be any good that happens out of any of these things, it's going to be God who does the doing. If we assign the glory of all of that to anyone other than God, well, that is idolatry. There's no other way around it. If any of the good that we expect of work or peace or economics or government or life as neighbors together, all of these things, all of these things are out of our personal control and in the hands of the Lord our God. He has demonstrated his compassion from day one. He wants our good. He provided all of those things up until these days to try to convince you of that. And so he calls for you to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And to take that prayer to the Lord God himself. And to expect that he's going to say yes. And why? Because he won't give it to you otherwise? Is he so stingy? Suddenly all of the shelves in Walmart are going to be absolutely empty because you didn't pray? No, because the Lord God is generous. He's already shown that in the cross of his son, Jesus Christ. The word of forgiveness has gone out to all the world, whether you believe it or not. The moment of prayer is to say, thank God for the good gifts that are here and to put glory in the right place, and to recognize it on the way into the store, on the way out of the store, at the table, to say this representation of all of the things that we have been given, including huh, the rule of law and the fact that those shelves aren't looted every night. My goodness, that doesn't happen in every country. Here we are. Blessings. To be able to put all that stuff just on a shelf, with a greeter at the door and expect that it's going to be there the next day? Yes. What a country, as Yikov Smirnov would say. Such grace we have. The absolute least we can do with all of those gifts is to recognize who gives them and to work day and night so that others might experience such blessing and acknowledge the same. All of your service, all of your work, whether it be in the civil realm, or whether it be in the military realm, or whether it be in the spiritual realm, is all about this 
this acknowledgement of God from the ground up to make the world safer so that the gifts that we take for granted so often can be provided so that ears can be open to hear who's doing that good work, who's providing the manna, and to subvert those who would steal it from others, whether they be in office in some other country or whether they be here at home. Give us this day our daily bread. It's an acknowledgement that God is the giver of all of these good gifts. And so Jesus throws back at Satan what Adam and Eve ought to have thrown back at him in the first place. I'll take my good gifts from the Lord God Almighty. I'm not taking anything from you. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen.